Hi, and welcome to the Choose Mom podcast. I'm Trish, a military spouse, mom to three girls, and nutritional therapy practitioner. As moms, we make a million choices each day, but how many of those choices actually put us at the top of the list? If you're anything like me, that answer is a very few, but that's about to change. So join me on my journey to choose myself again and to hear the stories of other mamas who are doing the same. Hey guys, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than normal, and that is going to be because it's just me. I am going to talk about my journey with anxiety and how I have now been medication-free for just about exactly four months. And if you would have told me six months ago that there's a chance I would not be on anxiety medication, I never, ever would have believed you. And I've shared on Instagram about this, and there was a lot of interest in how I've done it and how things are going, and so I wanted to share that story with you today. Now, here's my disclaimer. I am not a medical professional. I am just a mom who needed some medication, so this is just my story. This is what worked for me. Some of the things I did probably weren't actually the smartest to do, but it ended up working in the long run, so this is not advice. This is just me sharing my experience. Um, So let's go ahead and just get started. So if you have not listened to episode number one, an introduction of this podcast, I recommend you go back and listen to that now. It's like 10 minutes. So just pause this and go back and it will really fill you in on the backstory of what I was dealing with with anxiety. And I also think it's important to share that that's, it was the reason I started this podcast was because of my anxiety and just wanting to share it and also hear from other moms to know that maybe I'm not alone. So I don't even know where to begin. Okay, my journey with anxiety. So I grew up, and I've shared bits and pieces of this on the podcast with other people, is that I grew up with a really sick father. And when I say sick, like, I mean, I call 911 at least minimum, I'm being generous, I think, of like at least 15 times in my life for my dad. I saw someone him go into cardiac arrest. I saw him have a hernia explode in the house and blood everywhere. I saw him pass out. Um, He was hit by a car. He had surgeries that went awry that left him disabled. I mean, I have seen things that no one should have ever seen, especially as a child. And it was never addressed in therapy. You know, this was just something normal for us. And as I got older, it really manifested for me, especially when I started to have kids. Because I grew up seeing like, you can't trust your body. Something's always going to go wrong. Um, I should also mention that my dad did pass away when I was 28 weeks pregnant with my first daughter of heart disease. And that was a really long, drawn out, horrible situation, which was also traumatic. I promise this story is going to get happier, (laughs) but I just need to set the, set the scene for you. So as I got older and had kids, you know, when you have kids, there's more stakes to lose. If something happens to you, you know, people depend on you when you don't have kids, things are just a lot different. So the stakes got higher, my anxiety grew, and especially it's I always said hypochondria, but apparently it's called illness anxiety disorder. That is a really big thing for me. I always think there's something wrong with me all the time. Um, and it, it would take take over. Like I have diagnosed myself with every form of cancer, heart disease, like everything. I've had it all in my head. And Dr. Google confirmed. Once the pandemic hit, you know, two years ago, that was my worst nightmare because you know, we're going to get sick and die. Like that's how things are going to happen because, you know, COVID was so unknown in the beginning. And for someone who has hypochondria and 
scared I'm going to get sick and leave my kids. I could not deal. I was having panic attacks every single night to the point where my husband was like, do you need to go to the hospital? Because I had been to the hospital a few times for panic attacks. Most recently, probably about eight or nine months ago, um, because I was convinced I was having a heart attack. So yeah, my anxiety was severe enough that it's brought me to the ER a few times. And then when the pandemic started, like I said, I just couldn't handle it. So I went and I got on medication and I got on um, Zoloft, which for those of you that aren't familiar with it, is an SSRI. It You take it every single day to keep you mellow. And then I also had uh, like an emergency medicine. So like if I was having a panic attack, it was something I could take. And in the beginning, I actually didn't use my emergency medication. I was fine. But then once we moved cross country um, during the pandemic and I came to a new place, things just got really, really hard for me with my anxiety, just trying to settle into this new, really foreign place. Like I've said many times, we live in the middle of nowhere Um, in Nevada. I had no friends. Um, My kids were having trouble adjusting and it was just hard. And my anxiety just, uh, it was really bad. Um, I couldn't deal So I just kind of kept living my life, popping my Zoloft every day and then popping the emergency medication like fairly often when things got got hard. And then in September, no, let me rewind. In May, I was talking to one of my girlfriends, actually, um, Brittany, who was on a few episodes ago. And we were just talking about therapy and she told me about this new therapy that she had found um, called CRM, Cognitive Resource Model. And I started with her in May. And I was like, you know, I need, I've done therapy. Therapy didn't really work for me, but CRM was a whole new thing. So I'm going to just explain what CRM is because it sounds super woo-woo. So I'm just going to go ahead and kind of read the description of what it is so that you can understand what kind of therapy I was doing. So many of us have trauma. We've been through hard things. It's And it's normal for our minds to kind of bury these feelings because it's not comfortable to sit in, you know, if you have trauma or loss or pain, like you don't want to sit in those feelings. So a lot of times we'll we'll just kind of bury them. So the CRM process gives us information about the true cause or root issue, why we feel the way we do and helps us kind of work through it. So by using breath work, connecting through to nature, through visualization, and also this natural instinct for us wanting connection, CRM allows us to feel a connection to our physical body and allows us to feel safe enough to feel really like deeply feel the feelings that we're suppressing, that pain or that terror or whatever trauma you have. And what it does is it allows you to clear out that sludge and debris that keeps you from remembering who you really are and that we're not defined by what happened to us. And it helps you feel safe in your own body. And when I started this therapy, I'm like, this is weird. This isn't working. Like, you know, I would sit there with my therapist and close my eyes and do breathing and like visualize myself in nature with like calling animals in and talking to animals. I'm like this is some bullshit. Like what is going on? I don't feel anything. My therapist was like, you know, you don't feel like you're doing anything. You don't feel like you're doing any work. She's like, but one day, like you just kind of feel better. So keep that in mind. Okay. So that was the therapy I did, but now let's go back to my story. So in September, I met one of my girlfriends in Lake Tahoe for a long weekend And I was having really bad anxiety then. And my anxiety will manifest physically. And where that manifests physically for me is in my chest. My dad died of heart disease. So go figure. My my anxiety happens in my chest. 
and I feel like this tightness in my chest and it wouldn't go away. So then I start to spiral and I believe I have a heart issue. So my girlfriend and I are in Lake Tahoe and we're hiking. Like that's what we're going to do. We're going to just enjoy the beautiful scenery. It's September. It's beautiful. And we were going to go on this really long hike. And the night before the hike, you know, we go to sleep and I wake up at three in the morning with just this panic attack that I, I didn't know what to do because my girlfriend was sleeping in the bed next to me. Like, do I go to the hospital? Like I cannot, I cannot come down from this. My heart was racing. My chest was tight and it was all because I knew I was going on this hike the next day. And what if, you know, I get sick in the woods and I have a heart attack in the woods and there's nobody to help me because we're in the middle of the woods and there's no service. And like I spiral and I spiral and I spiral and that's how my brain works. And I know I sound crazy, but if you've ever dealt with anxiety, I think you can relate. Like it's, it's not rational. It doesn't make sense, but it feels so real and you just can't get out of it. So I was, I took my emergency medication and the next day we went on our 10 mile hike and everything was fine. But I still had so much anxiety and I was like, thank God this hike is over. And like, I survived it. (laughs) Like I was scared that I wasn't going to survive this hike. I thought I was going to get hurt or die or something and never see my kids again. (laughs) Saying all this out loud, just, I just kind of want to share what my anxiety was like. And hopefully it can make someone else feel better and not so alone in these thoughts and feelings that you might have. So at this point in September, I am taking my emergency medication like every day because I am just having panic attacks. I cannot deal. I just, I just couldn't get it together. So in September, I've been doing this therapy for let's say um, about four months at that point. And then all of a sudden, like at towards the end of September, I started to just start to feel a little bit better and things started to feel kind of, I don't know, they just felt lighter. Um, At that same time, what I was also doing was, um, I haven't shared too much on this podcast, but I'm hoping to get into that more. So I work with clients and help with their nutritional needs and supplements to help people feel in balance, um, essentially just a holistic nutritionist. So I started working with another NTP because of my anxiety and some issues I was having. I'm like, you know, there's got to be something physically manifesting here. So I started the therapy and then I started working with the nutritional therapist. I changed some things in my diet. I um, added some supplements. I did a parasite cleanse because there were some parasites in my gut, which I won't get too into it, but like your gut and brain are like directly connected. So we're hoping maybe cleaning out these parasites will help. I did a tissue mineral analysis to see what my mineral status was. And so I started to address all these physical things too, because I truly believe like you can't mentally heal if your physical body isn't there. So these are all the things that are going on at the same time. And I, I really started to feel better. I also started to prioritize movement more and not like as much working out, but going outside and walking and getting more sunshine and just trying to move my body, like get out of the house and, and just do more. So those were kind of the things that I was doing. So October passed, I started to feel really good, um, started to feel a little bit better. And then in November, for my daughter's um, Thanksgiving break, my husband was in Las Vegas for work for about a month. And I decided to drive down with my girls for their, for their Thanksgiving break. We were in Las Vegas for 10 days. We decided, why would we stay home and miss Thanksgiving with my husband? We'll just drive the six hours and, um, and go. And I noticed, so something else that I have an issue with 
and it's all because I'm always scared something's going to happen to me and there's no one to help. Something I have an issue with is driving um, in desolate places because if my car breaks down or something happens, like there's nowhere for help. Now I live in the middle of the desert. Nevada or Las Vegas is in the middle of the desert. So driving from the six hours from Fallon, Nevada to Vegas, there's nothing there. It is, it's desert. It's desolate. And I was really, really concerned about this drive. I was really working myself up on it. So I get in the car with my three daughters and we're driving to Vegas. And I realized when I got there, I was like, oh my God, I did not need to take my emergency anxiety medicine. Like I did that. I did that. And it was a huge accomplishment for me. And I know it sounds silly, but I would have panic attacks when we had recently driven cross country um, for a move and we'd be in desolate places. I'd have to take my medicine because I was just so stressed out that something was going to happen. And so for me, driving alone six hours with my three daughters through the desert and not needing medication to get through it was a huge accomplishment. So once I got to Las Vegas, you know, I was off my routine. We were staying in a hotel. We were doing things every day. I realized I had forgotten to take my Zoloft. I just stopped taking it. I was just so busy and out of my routine. Like I, I just stopped and I realized like, oh my God, I am, I'm fine. I don't feel any different with medicine or without medicine than I do with medicine. And I didn't say anything to my husband. I just, I kind of wanted to see if he would notice, like if I seemed different, you know, maybe he perceived something that I didn't. And so I left Vegas and he got home like two weeks later and I asked him like, Hey, do you notice any differences with me at all? He's like, no, not really. And I was like, okay, like, well, I haven't been on my medicine and and he was pretty amazed. So I decided to stay off my medicine and just see how things were going. Now I just kept doing all the things I stuck with my therapy. I eating better, moving more doing my supplements, focusing on my minerals, targeting all this stuff. So those are the things that have worked for me so far in this anxiety battle. Now, it's not to say like I still get anxious. You know, I still like worry about things, but I'm able to pass through it so much easier without medication than I ever have been. And it's come to the point that I actually have graduated therapy. I haven't been to therapy in about six to eight weeks probably. You know, I, when I, the last time I met with my therapist, I was like, you know, I don't really feel like I have anything to talk about anymore. And she's like, well, that's, that's the point. And so I've recently said goodbye to my therapist who I absolutely love and adore. And if you are interested in the CRM model, I'm happy to share her information with you. And hopefully I can even get her on the show one day. I should ask her. That would be pretty awesome because she's incredible. And it really was crazy. She was right. Like just one day, I didn't even realize it, but things had changed. Something had shifted and I, and I felt good. So just to clarify the things that I personally have done to help battle my anxiety and coming out on top so far, you know, I'm still always, I think I'll always be in a journey with anxiety is CRM therapy, using my nutritional knowledge to make better choices than I was, but also working with another NTP to help target specific deficiencies, parasites, um, mineral imbalances. And I'm currently working on healing and sealing my gut movement, which also includes um, weightlifting. But the intentional movement that I'm talking about is even just walking outside in nature has been such a help for me. 
with anxiety. And there's so many studies that can talk about that. So those are things that have worked for me. Now, I wanted to save some time because I um, did a little Q&A earlier and I wanted to address some specific questions that people had asked about anxiety and how it worked for me and what my experience has been like. Because so many of us deal with anxiety too. And I just want to say that there's nothing to be ashamed of. You are not alone. And I think if we talk about this more and talk about our experience, it helps normalize it. And yeah, it's sad that so many of us feel this way, but the last two years have been hell for so many of us. And it feels so good to hopefully be on the other end of that. So some questions you asked were, how did my partner help with anxiety? And I'll be super honest, most of the work that I've had to do has been completely on my own. He couldn't help me. And I'm no fault of his own. I tend to be the type of person that I need to do things on my own. Um, And he knows that and loves me for it and also hates me for it at the same time. But I just, that's just kind of how I function. I also think that's kind of because of how I grew up. You know, I had to be really independent with such a sick parent and kind of feeling on my own a lot. So that's also something I'm working on. But Most of the work I did on my own, but he, my husband has been totally supportive of everything. He gives me space if I need it, or he's with me when I need it. He really just kind of navigated based on my needs and also is just there to listen when I need him to, but he's been a tremendous support. So another question you guys had was how do I handle anxiety in the moment? So I have a couple of ways. The first way is one of my dear friends taught me the 54321 method. If you're not familiar with it, it's taking yourself really into your body. So you start with five things you see, four things you hear, three things you touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. So what it does is, you know, if you're having an an, an attack and you just you just feel, you know, really unstable, what this does is help helps ground you in your body. And so you sit there and you actually focus, look around you, focus on your surroundings. What are five things that you can that you can see? What are four things that you can touch? Or I'm sorry, four things that you can hear. What are three things that you can touch? What are two things you can smell? And what is one thing you can taste? And what that does, like I've said, is bring you back into your body and make you more aware, but it also distracts you because now you have something else to focus on. So along with talking about focusing on things, for some people with anxiety, like they just need to sit in it and just kind of lean into those feelings and let them pass. That does not work for me at all. If I sit there and think about my anxiety, I spiral deep, 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 and I don't stop. So I needed a distraction. And I kind of taught this one to myself. And now that I've done more research, I think it's actually fairly common, um, this method. I don't, I don't exactly know what it's called, but I started it when I was talking about earlier on that girl's trip that I did. And I had my panic attack in the middle of the night. What I did was I closed my eyes and I put myself somewhere that I know really well and that I love. And that is our old neighborhood in Virginia. And what I did was to distract myself from my, from my anxiety feelings. I closed my eyes and I visualized myself going for a walk through this neighborhood and I walk up and down every street and I try to remember every single house in order. And I can kind of do that because I have been through on the walks in that neighborhood literally thousands of times. And that is something that I do. So obviously you're not going to choose walking through my neighborhood in Virginia, but you can choose something to put yourself somewhere else and like visualize what's going on around you. Or even, you know, think of 
different ice cream flavors and then list all the ice cream flavors you can think of or list all of Tom Hanks movies. Like just put yourself somewhere else and give your mind a task that it has to complete. And I find that that is really helpful. Another thing is just getting outside and going for a walk. You know, there's scientific evidence that shows that can help lower anxiety. And then the last thing that I do, and I I think I've shared this before, but my best friend taught this to me. And it's, I tell myself, your anxiety is lying to you. And I will tell myself that over and over again, your anxiety is a liar. It's convincing you that these things are true, but these things are not true. And I just try to convince myself that my anxiety is a liar. And I also tell myself right now where I am, everything is okay. And I remind myself that. And those things have helped um, in different occasions. And the last question that some of you had was, what was it like to get off meds? Like, did I have any withdrawal symptoms? How did I feel? So I know this is going to be very, very, very different for everybody. And I know that you should usually be guided by a doctor when you're getting off medicine. Like, I am fully aware, but I did not do that. So for um, Zoloft that I was taking, the lowest medicine, I think the lowest dose they prescribe is 25 milligrams. That's the lowest dose. I was on 12 and a half. <laughs> I'm really, I'm a small human and I'm really sensitive to medicine because I, I don't utilize medicine very much. And um, I'm really sensitive to it. So I felt pretty good with the 12 and a half. Well, looking back with all my panic attacks, I definitely needed more, but I, I didn't up it. Um, I should have, again, I should have gone to a doctor and gotten things adjusted, but I handled it on my own, which is probably why it lasted for so long. So stopping cold turkey was not hard for me because I was on such a low dose. And um, nope, I had no withdrawal symptoms. I had absolutely nothing. So that is my experience with my anxiety. I know some of you will listen to this and think, ooh, she's a little nuts. And yeah, I am. (laughs) But if you have anxiety, I know that you can understand. Maybe your anxiety doesn't look like mine, but you know that when you're in it, you can't get out of it. It is so hard and it's not rational and you know that, but it's still, it doesn't matter. It takes over. So I hope my story was helpful in making you feel a little less alone, but just know that your anxiety doesn't define you and that it might not always be there or it might not always take you over the way maybe it is right now. I was completely taken over by my anxiety a few months ago and I am doing so much better now and I never, ever, ever would have thought it was possible. So just know that there's hope. I believe in you. I'm here to listen. If you ever just want to share, you need someone to talk to that understands, I got your back. Just email me at the cheese mom podcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram. I'm here and I hope this story helps you. I will talk to you all soon. I'll be back next week with a new interview. Thank you so much for listening today. If you are loving this podcast, please review, subscribe, and share it with a friend or five. Your support truly means the world and I can't thank you enough.